Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today I'm going to be discussing the worst, most hell bounty reason to kill your family. Today's case is a family annihilator case. However, unlike other family annihilator cases that I have covered where a parent, you know, like killed all their kids and then their spouse, everybody in the story is an adult and it was an adult child who killed his family. So before I jump in, I just want to thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Slayer podcast. I want to give everybody a big heads up. If you haven't already, go like and follow Storytime Slayer on Facebook and story underscore time underscore Slayer on Instagram because I'm going to be doing a giveaway in May and I think you're really going to like it. So go ahead and start keeping an eye on my social medias because you will not want to miss this one. I have a lot of things in the works for Storytime Slayer. I even started a YouTube. So if you're really into YouTube, go and check that out. It's called Storytime Slayer. Okay, let's jump so January 25th of 2018, a coworker of Cody Amato's phoned police to request a welfare check when Cody was a no-call, no-show and could not be reached. Cody was 31, he worked at a nursing home, and he lived with his parents, 61-year-old Margaret and 59-year-old Chad. He had a younger brother named Grant, whom also lived in the family home, and they had an older brother named Jason, who'd moved out and had a family of his own now. So police arrive on scene to the Armado home. Apparently, Cody had not missed a day of work in like five years. So they were like, okay, we'll go check it out. And the family lived at 2112 Sultan Circle. They lived in Chuluota, Florida, a.k.a. Orlando North in Seminole County. Um, they lived in a more rural area, apparently. This is like outside of city limits, I guess. And all the doors were locked when police arrived. So they end up using a knife to force their way into a side door. And what they found inside was a bloodbath. The first victim police spotted was 59-year-old Chad, and he'd been shot two times in the head and was laying on the kitchen floor with his lunchbox near his body. It appeared he'd just gotten home from work when he was shot. Oddly, there was a handgun holster clipped to Chad's waistband, but it was clipped on backwards. So it's not, it's not done correctly. It's very unlikely that he did it himself. The next victim police spotted was 31-year-old Cody. He was lying in the doorway of the family's home and garage slash home gym with a gunshot right between his eyes. And next to him was his work bag and a handgun. So that was kind of strange to find a handgun near him. The last victim found but likely first to be killed was Margaret. She'd been found slumped over over her desk as if she'd been working on her home computer. Now remember, Margaret's the mother and Chad is the father and Cody is Grant's older brother. Now there's no sign of a break-in. Nothing was missing except for the Omardo's youngest child and biggest fucking headache, Grant. Naturally, police are like, okay, well, let's call him. But his phone was disconnected. And so when they analyzed the crime scene, they were able to piece together that, okay, Margaret was shot first a very short time before Chad was due home. I think it was around like four o'clock. And then Chad looked to have been shot right upon getting home and unloading his lunchbox. 
police were able to rule out the gun next to Cody as being used in the crime so it would then appear that when Cody got home from work he was immediately shot upon entering the doorway the Amardos are like the perfect family you guys okay so Jason the oldest was from a previous marriage that Margaret was in briefly before meeting Chad and when Jason turned three Chad had actually adopted him and together they had Cody and Grant in 1987 and 1989 so they're very close in age The boys grew up to be best friends, Grant and Cody. Margaret and Chad had done pretty well for themselves financially. They were both really smart, hard workers. Um, I would describe them as financially comfortable, upper, upper middle class possibly. And before we get balls deep into this crime, I just want to side note that police did look into Grant and his brother Jason, and Jason did have a confirmed alibi. He was clearly heartbroken that his family had been murdered. But that wasn't the case with Grant. Okay, so I want to tell you about Grant and the events leading up to his family being found murdered. Grant was the youngest of the three boys. Um, He and his brother Cody were really close in age and they grew up as best friends. They did everything together, you guys. They enjoyed the same hobbies. Um, They both went to school to be nurses. They worked together previously. They both were in college to be anesthesiologists leading up to the crime now grant however fell into a really rough patch in 2018 when he was fired from his job at a nursing home he flunked out of college and was arrested after being accused of stealing and wrongfully administering drugs at work so that happened in june of 2018 so like i said grant and his brother cody still lived at home because they were both nurses on their way to be anesthesiologists well Cody was Grant had just flunked out of college nonetheless they live at home and so Cody did not feel a lot of pressure to get a new job when he was fired Um, and he starts hanging out out at their house a lot he's playing video games and he's surfing the internet all night and he starts watching a lot of porn and you guys stories like this are exactly why I Just don't think it's healthy to watch a lot of porn, okay? If you're watching a lot of porn, you need to scale it back. So eventually Grant meets this webcam girl named Sylvie. Sylvie works for a Bulgarian webcam porn site. And the way it works is Sylvie would do live webcams or send videos and photos that Grant paid for. So he's got to pay for the entire time he watches her webcam show. He pays extra for the pictures, extra for the personal videos. And, you know, the more explicit, the more costly Grant would also go as far as to purchase lingerie for Sylvie and sex toys that she used as props for her videos and photos. So Grant becomes totally infatuated with this woman and he starts spending anywhere from one to $2,000 a day on her. Once Grant had spent all of his own money that he saved after being fired, he borrows money from his brother Cody. And his explanation for the money he was borrowing and the time he was spending on the internet is that he was trying to promote his Twitch. Um, Twitch is a platform where you can watch people live stream video gaming. So, of course, his brother was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Makes sense. So, once Grant spent all that money, he starts forging his parents' signature to withdraw money from their accounts, which is so crazy. And not only did he steal from them, he also stole credit card information from his aunt, his uncle, his grandma. All in all, 
Grant stole close to $200,000 from all of his family members. This is just between June and December. Okay. Despite all of that, Grant, Cody, and a close friend go on a really lengthy trip to Japan in December. And Cody paid Grant's way. The friends that there was some tension though during the trip because one day Cody couldn't find Grant and he was able to track Grant down using his tablet. And it turned out Grant had stolen Cody's credit card and tablet and had hidden somewhere to get Wi-Fi and freaking browse the webcam porn site on their vacation so just to put it in perspective at this point grant has lost his job for stealing he's got charges pressed against him he's borrowed money from his brother and his brother is now realizing like oh my god he he just stole my credit card after i paid for him to go to japan with me and he's using it on a porn site like what is going on So the boys come home from Japan after a couple weeks and Grant's family noticed that Grant's behavior was becoming very, very strange. He was staying up all night. He's sleeping all day. And on December 19th, he expressed that he felt worthless and even suicidal. His mom was so worried about his state of mind that when he didn't come home on December 19th after expressing those feelings, she actually filed a missing person report. Um, This was cleared up, though, when it turned out Grant was just over at his aunt's and he came home a short time later. Now, it was later that his aunt discovered some charges to her credit card for sex websites and accused Grant of stealing her credit card information while he was at her house that night on December 19th. Cody... Grant's brother immediately was like, okay, auntie, I will pay for the charges. Please don't press charges against Grant. Um, I don't know what's going on. And so the aunt didn't press charges. But that's when the Armados family and extended family discovered that Grant had been stealing from them to supplement for this webcam addiction for a while. Like, since June. Um, And they didn't get police involved or press charges. Instead, Cody helped Grant pay back their extended family members like aunts and grandma and uncles and stuff. And his parents just took a financial loss because they didn't want to press charges against their son. Chad disclosed to his sister-in-law that he'd taken a $127,000 hit in personal debt. And remember, Chad is 59 and he's close to retirement, but he was not going to be able to retire on time now because, you know, he had to take out a second mortgage on his home to pay for the debt. Reports are conflicting. So I read that, that Chad had told his sister-in-law he took out $127,000 second mortgage on their home. But then I also read another report that said Grant had fraudulently taken out a second mortgage on the Armado home. Either way, though, it left Chad with a $127,000 home loan, right, that he was willing to pay for his son. They wanted to help Grant. So the family sends him to a two-month behavioral treatment center on December 22nd. Guys, this is a $15,000 treatment center, and Grant didn't even last two weeks in the facility. He came home January 5th, and his parents let him come home, and they gave him a list of demands that he had to follow if he wanted to stay at the home with him. So here's a few of them. He has to get a job. He's not to be on the internet past midnight. 
No communication with webcam model Sylvie whatsoever. No contact with Sylvie. No cell phone service to Sylvie. Nothing. Like they wrote every loophole for Grant to possibly talk to Sylvie. He's not allowed to. Grant also has to apologize to the extended family members that he stole from and he needs to go to therapy. So Grant agrees to all these terms and conditions and he moved back home. And things really seem to be looking up. The charges from his old job were dropped. He got a new job and everything was going to be okay. However, Grant's dad became a bit of a broken record and he keeps talking about what Grant did. So this builds up a lot of tension in their home. And like, dude, Chad should be pissed off. It's not like he was doing this for a year. It only been a couple weeks that he was mentioning the big scandal. Like his son has been swindled by a webcam girl in another country within the last few months and they've lost damn near $200,000. But whatever, as long as Grant did what his dad stipulated, he could live at home and the family wouldn't press charges for the money theft and life would move forward. By the way, it was Cody who paid for Grant's $15,000 rehab that he didn't even complete. So Cody's paid $15,000 for the rehab, $10,000 for the Japan trip, $8,000 for Grant's attorney when he was being accused of stealing at his old job, and loaned Grant money when he was using the money to talk to a webcam girl. Like Cody loved his brother so much and would do anything for him. So... After figuring all this information out, police had already had the intention of finding Grant and talking to him simply just because his entire family had been murdered while he was gone. But they also wanted to speak to him because he's the only person who seems to have any motive to kill this family. So like I said, Grant's phone is disconnected and they don't know much about where to find him. So they actually put out a bolo for his vehicle and somebody spotted it at a Doubletree hotel. So the police tracked Grant down there. Now the bodies were discovered January 25th and I think they found and brought Grant in to speak the morning of the 26th. This would mean that the family was killed the late in the night of January 24th. When they brought Grant into the police department to speak with investigators regarding the murder of his family, he was so calm and laid back, okay? They discussed things going on in the home leading up to the deaths, and Grant was pretty open about his life and the issues in the home, but after three hours, he had not even asked how his family died or what happened to him. So I assume they told him, you know, we wanted to bring you in here and let you know that your family died. But they didn't tell him the specifics and he didn't ask. Grant was adamant that he didn't do it. And he said that when he left his house, everybody was alive. He'd left the night of January 24th because he was kicked out and threatened by his dad. What happened was, even though he was to have no contact with Sylvie, his mom was secretly letting Grant use her phone to message Sylvie. I think he was doing it on Twitter, by the way. Well, when his dad found out on January 24th, he lost his shit on Grant. Like he grabbed Grant by the shirt collar and told him to pack his shit and leave. And this is all according to Grant, of course. And he supposedly said to Grant that he will kill him if he ever steps foot on the property. So Grant maintains that he packed his shit and left. And first Grant lied and said that he packed his shit and left at 930. And then he met up with his brother Cody outside of their neighborhood to tell him what happened. But then Grant changed his story and he actually said, no, no, I 
I left my home significantly later than that. Um, he claimed it took him hours to pack all of his stuff, and it was near midnight when he left the house. So according to Grant, everybody was home and safe and fine, and he loaded up his car, and he actually went to go sleep in the Pubic's grocery store parking lot before going to work the morning of January 25th. Grant thinks that Cody might have killed their parents and himself after Grant left in some type of murder-suicide. Police know that this was no murder-suicide because the evidence does not corroborate that. I mean, seriously, the gun next to Cody was not even a match for the weapon used in the crime, which is, how dumb is that? But police have absolutely no evidence. They have no weapon, no fingerprints, no bullet casings, projectiles, surveillance footage. They ain't got shit. There's no blood on Grant. There's no blood in his hotel room or in his car. So the closest evidence they had was Grant had one of his dad's credit cards in his hotel room. And there was a really weird note in Grant's car. So for one... Obviously, Grant's parents were like extremely kind and a little bit of a pushover. So it didn't really surprise me that he had the credit card. His dad could have been mad and Grant could have been like, I don't have money for a hotel. And his dad, I I just strikes me as his dad maybe would have let him have his credit card. I don't know, though. He was pretty. Who knows? But as far as the handwritten note, the note was written in Grant's handwriting, but it was written from Cody's perspective. And here's what it said. Quote, Grant, I will take care of all your problems. I just need you back. I can't live without you, brother. I said I will take care of all your problems at the house, and I have. No one will bother you regarding this. Please just come home. I can't do this again. If you think I'm part of the problem here, then I really lost you, and I can't take that loss after everything. End quote. So, sounds like an attempt to further frame Cody in a murder-suicide to me. But despite a lack of police evidence, police lie and they actually tell Grant that they have evidence. They say, hey, we have surveillance footage of you, but Grant does not budge. They try good cop, bad cop. They end up even switching up who's good cop and bad cop after a couple hours. They do literally everything in the interrogation handbook to try and elicit a confession from Grant, but Grant will not confess. So after about eight or nine hours of interrogation, they called Jason, whom they already had vetted and saw that Jason had an alibi and they actually asked Jason if he would come talk to Grant and maybe Grant would confess to him see Jason totally thought Grant killed his family too especially after all the things that had happened in the last couple months he was like dude I think I think Grant did it so it's really really sad Jason does agree to come speak with Grant um they are now the only two remaining members of their family and like everyone else Jason thinks Grant did it, but Grant won't admit it to Jason either. Grant's pretty stoic when Jason comes in the interview room to talk to him. He has very little emotion, whereas Jason is crying a lot. And the brothers end up hugging at the end, and Jason just tells Grant um, he loves him, but he says, you know, I love you just like mom loved you, dad loved you, Cody loved you. We all loved you, Grant. And Jason was crying a lot, but Grant was still showing very little emotion. And he just said, I know, and I love you. And they hugged and Jason left. 
So police reluctantly release Grant, and in the meantime, they look into his story for the night his family was killed. And they, in fact, see that Grant did drive to the Pubic's parking lot, and he spent $600 to talk to Sylvie. Police also saw that night Chad was murdered. His phone banking app had been used to set up an account for transferring money, and they actually think it was Grant who'd unlocked his dad's phone using his father's fingerprint after he died even though they lacked physical evidence police believe that they have a motive and grant had established that he was home until near midnight so he was at home during the time that they believe margaret chad and cody to have been killed based on forensic evidence and time of death so even though everything seems to be circumstantial after a very short time of releasing grant i think within like a day they just arrested and charged him with three counts premeditated murder and the state was seeking the death penalty for killing chad margaret and cody with very little forensic evidence well like no forensic evidence i bet they were going for the death penalty hoping that he would do a plea deal and just plea out and admit that he did it Ugh. You guys know I love the death penalty. So they go to court, I think, June or July of 2019. And the prosecution's case is Grant did this. He murdered his family in cold blood because he had a porn addiction and an infatuation with a webcam model named Sylvie. And his family was in the way of that. According to the prosecution, when Chad found out Grant was using his mom's phone, Chad himself contacted Sylvie to tell her Grant was actually a nobody who'd been stealing money from everyone in their family to talk to her. Um, of course, Sylvie, Bulgarian webcam model, I don't think she really cares who Grant is or where the money's coming from. She's not infatuated with him. She's just doing her job. But for Grant, like, oh my gosh, this was so upsetting. This was earth shattering. So he'd attempted to frame his brother Cody in a murder-suicide, but he badly botched that idea. Now, the lack of forensic evidence, according to the prosecution, was because Grant was a nurse and he had the knowledge to clean it up. Like, how to dispose of his scrubs, um, how to get the blood residue off of him, things like that. As far as a weapon went, a friend of Grant's testified that he had a 9mm handgun stolen and believed Grant was the one who stole it because he was the last one in his room when his friend remembered having the gun in his closet. The state believes that Grant did in fact steal the gun and murder his family with it because the caliber gun used in the murder matched his friend's handgun. And also the gun didn't match any that Grant nor his family had owned previously. So in a nutshell, Grant's defense was that the state had absolutely no forensic evidence. They said Grant didn't even have a gun because he'd sold all his weaponry to continue his contact with Sylvie. And the defense stressed that Grant had no motive or reason to kill his brother and mom. It would have only been his dad that he didn't get along with and was mad at. So basically Grant's defense is, wasn't me, you got no physical evidence. Sylvie, of course, didn't testify because she was completely unreachable. As soon as Grant's money quit rolling in, she had no comment or question. 
So some things I learned and found really interesting about Florida law, I'm not sure if this only applies to capital murder cases, but in Florida, a jury can actually present the judge over the case with a list of questions, and then the judge will review them and ask them on the jury's behalf. So in Grant's trial, the jury did have some questions, but their questions mainly focused on ensuring that police followed any and all other leads and possibilities, and they had. Um, The the jury was actually mostly concerned with if they'd followed up on Jason, the other son, because Jason now would be the one to solely benefit from, you know, anything left to the family. Now, Jason was fully vetted and he was found to have no participation in this crime whatsoever. Grant was ultimately found guilty for all three counts of murder in the first degree premeditated. And he goes to the sentencing phase of his trial. For the sentencing phase of his trial, he actually has a new defense team. And his new defense team, they do not deny Grant killed his family anymore. They actually blame his porn addiction and his addiction to Sylvie for why he lost control of himself and his actions and killed his family. So under Florida law, to be given the death penalty, your aggravating factors must outweigh your mitigating factors. Um, Aggregate aggravating factors are things that increase the severity of the crime like the brutality of the crime if the defendant had no remorse things like that Um, and mitigating factors are things that lessen the severity of the crime so like maybe if the defendant had a mental impairment addiction a belief to reform or special circumstances like when children are beaten or abused, things like that. So Grant's jury did believe that the aggravating factors outweighed the mitigating factors I think so too, but they did not sentence him to death. He was given life without the possibility of parole. And what's really strange is Grant had like no reaction to the sentencing. He was not overjoyed at all. He was also not overcome with any kind of emotion. So crazy and so sad. I cannot believe that he killed his family over a webcam addiction I mean guys this is why it's so important to to just have control over yourself especially when it comes to porn like it's just too much thank you guys so much for listening don't forget to check out my Facebook and Instagram also I opened up my listener support which you can see on my anchor website linked in my show notes no pressure but I would totally appreciate it I also started a YouTube it's called Storytime Slayer and don't forget about the Facebook and Instagram I've got some really cool giveaways I've been making some fun shirts all right I'll talk to you next week bye